Welcome to Good Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Good Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molino. For more information about Good Friends, you can visit us at www.bitfriends.org. Or you can call me at 844-374-3639, extension 804. You can also email me at LLNLpodcast with an S at gmail.com. Again, that is LLNLpodcasts at gmail.com. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today's show, I have Whitney Maxey with me. So welcome, Whitney. How are you? Hey, Mark. Thank you. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. As everybody in this country knows, we're trying to survive the heat. It's hot. That's all. Yeah. That's the only way we could describe it. Just hot. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'm I'm originally from Florida, so I I, I do laugh a bit at folks in North Carolina when y'all talk about hot <laughs> and it's like low nineties. <laughs> right. Well, it's the humidity. Yeah, the humidity will get you. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a brick. You walk outside, and, and somebody like me, I have asthma, so when I walk out, I'm like, "Ooh, oh, yeah, this is yeah. heavy," you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we do complain, and and you know, it, it's the summer. What do we expect? Yeah, and, yeah. And in the fall, we'll be saying the same thing. It's the fall. What do we expect? It's still hot, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So I want to start off by saying thank you for joining me on my podcast. Um, I had an opportunity to meet you at uh, an event in Durham, Durham, North Carolina, for our listeners. Uh, I'm in Raleigh, and Durham is one of the next cities over. And, you know, you were out with your organization, and we'll get to the the name soon, but you were out working with and for the community. So it sparked something in me saying, you know, as a member of the Vitiligo community, we do a lot of advocacy work. Mm. And we talk about interacting with the community and it really sparked some ideas in my head, like, wow, here's another way we can get out there and really just share information, not just about vitiligo, but about being a human being on this planet. And and there are issues that affects us directly that we sometimes don't talk about. We ignore these things. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you share with our listeners um, the name of your organization and um, maybe your title and, and and possibly when did it start and the purpose of it? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, again, I'm uh, I'm the interim program director with Durham for All, and Durham for All was founded in 2016, shortly after the election of Trump, uh, which. You know, your listeners may remember that was a time when a lot a lot of people got into action because we were like, wait right. a minute, alarm bells went off. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, so we were founded with the kind of general purpose of wanting to build progressive people power, both at the ballot box, in the streets, but also in the halls of power. Uh, and so it was uh, started by a group of organizers that are here in Durham that included one of our city council members whose name is Jillian Johnson. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as I as I sit and think, you know, there have been things that have happened in our country that has sparked us to want to get out there and um, and work for the community, work with the community, build the community um, on so many different fronts. And and it's the same thing with I would say with the vitiligo community. Um, a lot of people don't know that we've been fighting um, with Congress, so to speak 
to mm. have vitiligo recognized. It, it is an autoimmune disease, but they some people see it as was only you know cosmetics on the surface. Mm -hmm. But as of this week, we finally had an FDA approved uh, treatment for vitiligo, and that's something that has been in the works for ages. So it, it is historic in itself, and um, we finally feel like we're getting something. It's a little something, but we're still mm -hmm. getting something and finally being recognized that we can get some help and treatment for this condition yeah. that 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 gets promised to us, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and it doesn't happen overnight. And I think about like organizations like yours, you know, when you're out in the community working hard, it doesn't happen overnight, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So can you share with the listeners um, what's the importance of like activism and community outreach? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you, you, uh, you know, lead with it. It doesn't happen overnight. I often tell people who, you know, are new to our work, uh, you know, who are like, oh, why haven't we been able to, you know, do X and do Y and do Z. And it's like, look, y'all, if it were easy, it would have already been done. We wouldn't Absolutely. even need to exist. <laughs> Organizations like ours wouldn't need to exist, uh, you know, if it were easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the some of the uh, importance around activism and community outreach is that I mean, if if you look at change, whether it's in our country and other um, countries, it just it does not happen without it, right? So if we we can look back uh, in the United States to you know the abolitionist movement uh, that had people like Frederick Douglass who were part of it, Friday fighting for the end of slavery. Um, you know, even after the Civil War, where you had recently freed Black folks during Reconstruction, who worked really hard in and out of government to bring, you know, public education, land resources, economic opportunities to Black folks. Uh, I mean, even the example that you just gave with the vitiligo uh, community and that advocacy fight that y'all have been right. pushing, 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 and then finally there's a breakthrough. Uh, and you're able to get like one, you know, just a step closer to where it is that you want to be. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's so important. It's also why so many different groups do it, even if they have conflicting interests. Right. So it's not like right. it's not like everybody's doing it and everybody's on the same page, because, again, that would defeat the purpose. But there are different groups with conflicting interests. Uh, and so, you know, the need to really find who your people are. Right. What is it that brings us together? How can we have the broadest possible banner of shared values and a shared vision for how everyone can thrive and then try to move towards that? Absolutely. You know, I'm glad you said that. Um, I'm trying to figure out a great way of putting this with, with any organization, any type of um advocacy work that you want to do. Like you said, you have many organizations that may have the same purpose or goal, but they do it in different ways. And sometimes there's a conflict of interest, right? And, and they look at it as if you're doing it wrong and I'm doing it right, but we're still doing it, but we just have different ways, you know? And if we could all just work together, I think we could learn to accomplish these goals that we set out to do. And, um, and, and I think that's where those baby steps come in. You know, because we know we have, oh, man, we want to do this for the community. We want to set this up for the community. And I'm referring to people and the vitiligo community. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we spend more time talking and spinning our wheels. And, and sometimes battling each other instead of moving forward together for that same mm -hmm. purpose, that same goal. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is great for our community to hear 
that it can be done. Um, the work is being done, but it, it just seems like it takes forever to get there. But you know what? You're still getting there. You're still moving forward. Mm-hmm. And um, the only time you're not moving forward is when you stop. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I realize, you know, there are going to be some issues that you may run into, uh, some challenges, but it doesn't stop the work that you do. Can you, let, let's talk a little bit about those challenges. And the one you just mentioned, you know, there's different organizations, different purposes. What are some of the other challenges that you experience? let's say within the, you know, advocacy and, and, and with that outreach um, work that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, the so, you know, Durham for All as a, you know, we're a part of uh, organizations like ours who are trying to build a, a multiracial kind of multi-class movement. Uh, and so, you know, there's then going to be differences in class, differences in race, differences in gender, and how their experiences, what their needs are, um, you know, th- those things are going to, uh, they don't always line up one for one, right? So if we right. look at their parts of our base who may be more working class, and uh, if you take the issue of housing, for example, are more interested and in, in tend to have more access to rental properties, right? They, they don't have access to the, you know, for a number of reasons, the credit, the capital, et cetera, to be able right. to get home. But then we also have, you know, more kind of stable working class folks and, and middle class folks who absolutely, you know, they are homeowners. And so the interest between, you know, if, uh, if you're asking your city or county government to put money into housing, well, then you're going to have working class folks who maybe are more precarious in the economy say, well, give we need money for rental properties right absolutely and have homeowners who say well we, you know we need to lower these taxes and right. so like you know those are the kinds of like material differences that can show up in the work um and you know it's the and those things don't go away right, right. uh and so it's it's really about uh what i found is how do we create the space to be honest about where the differences are but right. so uh, to a point that you are making, hold on to what it is that we are working towards in common and then try to find the solution in that place. Um, and if we're able to do that, which we're not always able to do that for a number of reasons, but when we're able to do that, we're able to be successful in terms of moving that next step forward in terms of progress. And I, and I agree with you on that. Um, and I'm sure some of our listeners will agree, and maybe not all, the challenge is sometimes the personalities that get involved. Uh, and like you said, do you have people on this side that agree with one part of the issue and person over here sees something else that needs to be done. And we are kind of bouncing back and forth. Like, like I'm looking at, I'm thinking about like the game of Pong from back in the days, you know, you just mm-hmm. be, but nobody's really coming together to work, you know? And, and when you get there to work, our feelings are involved. You know, now we can't think straight because I'm I don't like this person now because they didn't agree with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person's thinking the same thing. But if we can put those things aside and say, you know what, here, here are the issues. What are the solutions? And agree it, it and we're not always gonna agree on everything, but right. let's start tackling some of these things. You know, if this we can do this over here, let's let's accomplish that first. Oh, there's something over here we need to do. Let's move over here and accomplish that. You know, it it's it, there are steps and you're not like i said you're not just stopping what you're doing because we're not agreeing we're still moving forward we're still accomplishing something um and and i say 
even within our organization, sometimes we have that because we have many organizations within the vitiligo community. And we all want to see, you know, um, treatments that work for everybody. We all want to see treatments that are affordable. We finally got one that's FDA approved. But when it comes to advocacy and education, we, we do it differently. And sometimes we get a, a little offended because somebody did it a little bit better than I did or they did something different. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But if we're working, I feel like to support people, not looking at us just as people that are like, but just people, I think we have a better, I, I, I think we have a better outcome. You know, if we just look at it, let's support the people first mm-hmm. and move forward from there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think those challenges will always be there. And as society evolves and change, there'll be some newer issues that will come about. Technology will be one. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this community doesn't have access to technology. This one does. So they get information that this community is not getting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and there is there's definitely, uh, you know, something in, in what you're saying uh, about, you know, our ability to be able to sit at the table with others and humble ourselves. Right. Of like, we don't have all of the answers. We may have some good answers. Right. But there's no, we don't have all of the answers. And so our ability to be able to hear other perspectives, hear what other people are able to bring to the table that are trying to work towards a common goal is, yeah. I mean, it obviously is easier said than done. Right, right? absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's critical. I mean, one of the things that, you know, uh, that um, Durham for All, like as we try to approach doing, build, you know, building alliances with other organizations is thinking about, okay, we know there are going to be some things that are different. We know that we're going to show up with our stuff because we're human beings, right. right? Like we are not above it at all, unfortunately. Absolutely. Um, but can we be clear about what is necessary to be achieved and be clear about what's important just to acknowledge it, but not so that it doesn't derail what's necessary? Because right. the, right. the what's like that's the critical piece. If you can keep that in mind as your North Star, if you will, then when those other things come up that are, you know, that as human beings, we want to respond to, it just, it makes it a little bit easier to stay grounded. And why are we here? Why did we decide to sit down together? Why are we working towards this uh, shared objective? Absolutely. Um, One thing I do want to say, attending your event, I was there to work. I was actually working. Um, with I participate and um, clinical ambassadors. However, seeing the community come together, and and I and I think sometimes we we get the wrong idea. We want to have large events. I know we do. You know, we think, oh, I want to have all oh, hundreds of people and all this stuff. But I always say the right people show up. Mm-hmm. And when I was sitting there and we were talking to different people going around, the right people were there. You know, sometimes we get stuck on the numbers and not necessarily the quality of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like what I saw there that day was quality and it was very diverse. And I enjoy seeing that diversity because because I'm just going to be honest. When I think Durham, mm-hmm. I think more African-American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and as I'm driving into Durham, because I, I don't go to Durham often. But as I'm driving into Durham and going into the neighborhood, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a predominantly African-American event. But it was very diverse. And I like to see that because we need each other. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we feel we don't need other people, if you get what I'm saying. But no, we need each other. 
we're all on the same planet and we need everybody's voice. That's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's about, you know, recognizing who who is your friend and who might be against you. Because, you know, it's it's plenty of folks who, you know, don't look like us, but we know they're like, yes, I am down. Put please put me to work. Absolutely. (laughs) I believe in a, a lot of the same things that you do. It's like, great. Let's snatch you up. Cause the cause if not, other groups are gonna be out there trying to trying Absolutely. to touch them as well and try to be like, no, no, you should come on over here. Come come with us. Right. <laughs> so yeah, and, yeah. No, it's it's definitely about like you gotta have the diversity. Right, yeah. You gotta have because there there's there's so much more that unites us than divides us. And it doesn't always Absolutely. feel that way. And, and for a number of reasons, particularly as a part of any kind of marginalized community um, or multiple marginalized communities, uh, it's easy to feel the differences be, uh, they almost feel uh, exacerbated and get outsized relative right. to what it is that we have in common. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to share this with you. Um, I attended the World Vitiligo Day in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, when people think Minnesota, you it you instantly think Minneapolis, George Floyd, you know, and this was in Bloomington, Minnesota. And, um, but being at that conference to me was life changing. You know, that was my first conference. I've never been around so many people with vitiligo before. Um, diverse groups of people with vitiligo, you know, from white, black, Latino, um, Indian, you know, you just name it. Everybody was there. The doctors were there. They were all cool and hanging out with us and dancing. And they didn't want to be, you know, called by their titles. And and it, and it just really made me see that, you know, like you said, we have more in common than we don't, you know. And I know some people, some of us did not want to go because of what happened in Minnesota. I mean, Minneapolis, I get it, I understand it. However, they missed a great opportunity to hear from the George Floyd Foundation, to share what what's happening in the community, the work they're doing, although things won't change instantly, but there's change happening, you know? And, and I think sometimes we allow situations and things that we see happen. And I understand it, you know, we, we take these things personal because I could be next, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also have to know that there are allies on our side. There are people that support us, what we're going through. They understand. They may not necessarily walk in our shoes, mm-hmm. but they get it. And they're willing to say, you know what? I'll walk with you. Let's do this together. Mm-hmm. And we have to put aside some of our our past feelings. I, I And I say past because... It, a lot of feelings that we feel are based on things that happened in our past and it still happened currently, but we often also have to say we have more in common than we don't, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what are some of the pros to community activism and outreach um, in our communities? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest ones uh that may resonate with people, particularly as we, you know, the pandemic just persists is the community building, right? right? Like there is so much in our society, again, whether you're in the U.S., whether you're in other countries that try to atomize our lives and make right. us feel like we are somehow siloed off from other human beings. Uh, and you realize as you're starting to do this uh, organizing work, how much people are hungry for being yes. able to be in relationship with one another, being able to build trust with one another, being able to build that sense of 
camaraderie and knowing right. like, yeah, this, this person I know has got my back. Um, are these groups of people, right. And feeling like you can go into the world and it's not just you doing a thing and trying right. to bring about a particular, um, you know, desired outcome. It's about, we're doing this thing. Absolutely. And it's those numbers. Uh, and yes, that's, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing that that replaces that sense of community. To me, that's one of the biggest pros is just that sense of togetherness that flies in the face of so much of what our uh, society has. I mean, even if you look at something as, you know, relatively mundane as Netflix, for example, right? So they have this whole thing now where they're trying to crack down on shared passwords. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's like... It, from your from Netflix's perspective, fine, I get it. You want to try to get as many subscribers as you can, right. but basically, what the password sharing is is people being in some kind of community together, right? Like right. being like, look, you may not have it, I have, but I, but I have it. Yeah, just by proxy of me having it, you have, right? And so, like in in those little ways, right? Like even something again as mundane as how people respond to Netflix trying to take away their share <laughs> passwords. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like it is that constant push towards no, we need to be together. Right. And Absolutely. organizing and activism gives us that intentional uh path and intentional vehicles through organization to build that togetherness. Absolutely. Hey, hey, you know, I'm gonna share this experience. Um, doing this podcast, my world was small before 2019. It was limited to North Carolina and a few, you know, family members outside of North Carolina, maybe a few friends here and there from college. But once I started doing this podcast, I was connecting with people in other states I would never thought about talking to. I knew nobody in, in Detroit. You know, I knew a few people from Chicago, but now I know more in Chicago, you know, um, different parts of Texas and not even just within the United States, outside of the U.S., you know, some the islands, you know, like I have friends in Puerto Rico now, and then I have a, a, a friend now in Malta. We talk all the time, you know, like I've connected with people across the seas that I would never talk to. I, I had a, a podcast with a lady from Brazil. I don't speak Portuguese. I had to get a translator. Mm. To me, that was one of the most exciting podcasts because I was like, ooh, she wants to be on the show. I need a translator. Anybody know a translator? Found someone. It was challenging, but it was fun to do because I had to speak. The lady translate. Wait a few seconds. You know, my guest would speak. The translator would translate. And But we had a great conversation. You know, I felt like I had to make it happen. So when we look at, like, this pandemic, people, oh, we're so divided socially. We To me, no. It brought me closer to so many people that I would never have met in my life. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. being able to talk on the screen and see these people. No, I haven't met them in person, but guess what? We still connected. We're still communicating. We have more in common than we don't. And, mm -hmm. it, and it's so cool, you know, and, mm -hmm. and as you say, we, that's how we have to think about this thing. It's a we, it's not an I, but we get a lot of eyes. Mm -hmm. I can do this all on my own. I can do that. I can, no, it's a we, you know, because mm -hmm. you may be strong in one area, but I'm strong in this area. But together, we're stronger together. You know, we, we have to look at it like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's um let's talk a little bit about voting. That's very important for people across the world. This is not just centralized to Durham or Raleigh, but it, it's across the world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the importance of voting. What's at stake? You know, some of the topics, the hot topics that people need to really focus on and think about as we're going to the polls, at least at North Carolina in November, but other states maybe earlier and around the world somewhere else, they may have already voted or have an opportunity to vote. What What's at stake? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say everything, right? Everything, uh, everything from if we look at democracy, which is democracy's, you know, been at stake, but it, the, right. the, the stakes just continue to ratchet up, right? Like uh, recently, uh, our, our General Assembly um, has a case that's going to the Supreme Court where they essentially want to eliminate the checks and balances from the judicial branch and the executive branch. And they're not the only state. Like they want to be the ones that say, well, here's who, here's the election results that we want. Right. 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 And so, uh, you know, like, you know, the voting restrictions that are, I mean, waves of them that were passed it, coming into the 2020 elections, right after the 2020 elections, even to this day, right, whether it's the voter Absolutely. ID laws, right, the uh, limiting access to polling locations, all of that, that fuel voter suppression and voter nullification. Um, but then, you know, you can go to our public schools where, you know, we see right. that our, our youth are now fair game, particularly our LGBTQ plus youth. Uh, so right. you have, you know, the kind of uh, don't say gay style bills or the right. ones who are denying, um, you know, uh, gender affirming care to trans youth. Right. Like there's all these right. things. And, and it's coming after decades of our public education system has already been under attack. It's already been massively, you know, right. um, uh underfunded and under-resourced, and we're asking teachers to to move mountains with very little. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, gosh, climate. (laughs) Right. Oh, we know, yeah. (laughs) Climate doom, Mark. The world is on fire, man. The world is crazy on fire. But Uh, they're sweating going, I don't see it. I don't know what you mean. It's hot, but... I don't yeah. see that fire over there. What are you that's talking right. about? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and so we really are. I mean, we are at one of those points in our history where there are two radically different visions about right. which way the your city should go, your state should go, the country right. should go how 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 the u.s should relate to the rest of the world right absolutely <laughs> um, and so it's like you know voting bringing it back to the question like voting becomes that much more important because it is both an affirmation of here is the direction that we want the country to move in but it's simultaneously a rejection of where we don't want the country to go right absolutely absolutely um it's interesting you talked about education um I've worked in the school system for many years, many, many, many years. And I left in December because I was fed up. Um, emotionally done, mentally done. I put on my resignation. I said, I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm out. So I started doing some other work, but I decided to go back because I say, you know, it's not about me. It's about the kids, you know. Um, and I think about it as a black male. We don't have many black men in our school system. Uh, the school I came from, the only other black male was a custodian. So I said, okay, if I leave, 
There's nobody in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's the elementary. So I decided I'm going back. So I started subbing, but I'll be back full time with them in the um, in the fall because I said, you know, I can't give up on our youth. Yes, I see the issues that are going on with the school system. We know the challenges with the school board. We I've been there. And when there are certain things that are on the ballot, we need to vote for these things. You know, some people are going to be against them because it interferes with their their lifestyle or their property or whatever. You know, I get it. But when it comes to our children and not just talking about black you know, children, but I'm saying our children, all of our children, we really need to think twice about some of these things that are on this ballot and how to vote for them because they're going to impact our kids down the line. Um, mm -hmm. And just just voting in general, you know, I often say to people, you know, if you don't vote, guess what? You don't have a voice. You know, mm -hmm. that is our voice. You know, find out what the issues are. Listen to, I have people say, I don't, I don't watch the news. Well, where are you getting your news from? I mean, I understand, you know, I don't like everything I've seen in the news, but I also need to know what's happening. I need to know what just happened in in Congress. And, you know, I need to know what's happening locally, you know, mm -hmm. um, with our politicians or, you know, what, what happened in this community. So I know how to address it. Um, and, but, I, I, but I know I can't force that on everybody, but we do want people to be, to be informed. and. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some people that are going to push back. Well, uh, they're not going to do anything for me. So why should I do anything for them? Mm. Well, it's not mm. about you. It's about all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, to to that that last point about it being about all of us, I, I, you know, one of the one of the things that voting affords us or just the electoral process affords us is it is one of the few times where you'll have millions of people who are coming together to do the same thing. They might Absolutely. not be voting the same, right? But we are all, we have our, we know what days and times we can go right. vote or how we can send our vote in if we can't physically be, but it is all, it is us taking collective action at the same time. And there's the, you know, part of the power in that is then there's all of these issues that come up that people, whether it's about land and housing, whether it's about right. immigration, whether it's about, you know, the climate, uh, that you then get to engage as many people as you can about right. these issues that are impacting our lives year round, right? So it's like with the voting, um, in some ways, you know, I like to think of it as, you know, our issues don't stop and start at the ballot box. Right, right? absolutely. And so like, how are we using this time where so many people are mobilized uh, as a vehicle to start building uh, power because we're doing community organizing year round. Like we don't right, stop, right. Our, people's right. issues don't stop, so we don't stop. Uh, and, you know, as when we get that opening around voting, then it's like, what's the follow-up? How right. are we talking and working with the people that we elected, right? Whether it's about, uh, you know, being able to have discussions about what should be some of the policy priorities. Uh, you know, being able to say, how can we bring more people into the decision-making process in our, you know, wh whatever uh, unit of government it is, city council, county commission, state legislature. Right. Uh, and so, you know, that for me, that also becomes key. So it's the, the uh, at one point, the, um, you know, all these people who are coming together and who are saying, you know, we 
this is a decisive way that we can all have some say in our political system. Absolutely. And then there's the work of great. Now that these eight weeks of an election are done, (laughs) (laughs) what are we going to do for the other 46 weeks or 44 weeks? (laughs) Right. And so that's where, you know, organizations, uh, whether it's like Durham for all there, I mean, there are, a number of organizations across uh, this country. I mean, even again, in other countries, I know you have an international audience that are orienting to elections in that way. Um, Yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, I I do encourage people, you have a voice, you have a say so. And even with um, things happening within our vitiligo community, um, we've had many organizations, large organizations supporting us I said, we also have the right to question or ask questions. You know, um, you're supporting us in this way, but are you truly supporting us if you're not getting any education and awareness information out there? You know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and I know sometimes it's not the popular conversation to have within the community because they feel, where, hey, with this organization, just, you know, they gave us, for instance, Mattel, they gave us all these Barbie dolls. That's great. Where's the education? And that's my thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I support them for doing it. I'm glad they're doing it, that they're mm-hmm. trying to put vitiligo out there. But I, I feel let's challenge them to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be appreciative of what they're doing. But let's say, you know, if, if a child walks in the store and see that doll, they just see a doll with different colors on their skin, mm-hmm. but there's no ed- education behind it. And I'm all about educating people, you know. Mm-hmm. I say, and it could be as simple as putting a QR code on on the package or something, you know, just yeah. But if we don't say anything, nothing gets done. And okay. and I say we, you know, not one person it can't be one voice because they can hear that voice and go, ah, it's just one person that has an issue. Mm-hmm. And but collectively as organizations, um, if we speak to these corporations that say they sponsor or they support us or whatever. And let them know this is what we need from you. You know, it just, and I'm not just talking about Vitiligo, but I'm talking across the globe, you know, just whatever organization you have, if you go to a much larger, larger corporation, use your voice. It's powerful when you do it together, mm-hmm. you know, not separately, together. Because uh, they they'll be more than willing to listen, but you also have to say the right things. You can't just always go at it with an attitude either, you know, you can't mm. just y'all not doing this because you know from there you people shut their doors and say you know what we can't deal with this organization so we also got to be careful on that end mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that uh, what you're saying it, it's it's a bit of a parallel not a not a perfect parallel but it does make me think about uh you know one of the things with being uh orienting to needing to think about governing and governance um really okay. seriously is that once you start doing that and really investigating, what does it take to hold this kind of power when you're representing a myriad of interests? Again, some of them are conflicting. What is, you know, it, and what, what as you're dealing with whatever the limits of your authority might be within that governing body, right? There, there's a number of things that have to be thought about. Um, and you realize really quickly, governing is not easy. No. <laughs> right? You know, and so, you know, it's not, you know, to, to you know, kind of one of the points you're making is that, you know, there is a, there's a need to be able to recognize like, what is, what is the nuance here? Where, where are the things uh, that there's opportunity 
uh, and to try to determine and, and how can we how can we position ourselves? How can you know whether it's we as a coalition, we as a group of people, um, to really think about this holistically and right. be able like because you know we have to be able to bring something to the table. We cannot just expect people to be like, right. oh yes, out of the goodness of my heart, or somehow because I just knew what you wanted. I'm right. going to do what you want. And sometimes people don't want to do what we want. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we we have to push for, for other reasons and in different ways, right? But yeah, I, I just think, yeah, what you said there just made me think about the experiences around uh, trying to govern. Um, yeah, that are, you know, not not one for one similar, but not totally dissimilar from what you described of trying to work with corporations. Right, right. And, and it can be challenging because I do understand and they do want something. You know, it's it, their job. If it's a corporation, most times it's to make money. They want to make some type of money off of it. So how can we do it? But I'm thinking, well, as an organization like ours, you know, we're not getting any money. We're not asking for money. We ask for education. But we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, it, there are some things we have in play uh, that hopefully in the future will change some of that. But mm -hmm. I think if we're quiet, it'll never change. If we just accept whatever's given to us without saying, hey, we appreciate it. However, can we think about this in the future? You know, get, let, put the in the future thing, the near future. No, don't wait 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. um, but I mm -hmm. think if we're quiet, nothing would ever happen. You know, we have to have that voice. Um, it, that voice can be loud, but not rambunctious. You know, just make sure it's, it's one that can be heard mm -hmm. also through respect, you know. Um, so... Um, I'm going to honor your time and my time, you know, I'm not going to keep us on too long because I, I could be here all day just talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My listeners know that I can keep talking and talking and talking, <laughs> but um, just say, say locally, you know, someone mm -hmm. in Durham is listening because this is heard around the world as well as locally. Um, how can they get involved in Durham Fall? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's the two most immediate ways are we're about to launch our general election uh, voter engagement work. Uh, so that'll start August 1st. And we have volunteer shifts that people can sign up for. We train them on, you know, how do you talk to voters? You know, we'll be talking to people about why elections are important. What are the issues they care about? Uh, they'll learn how to move someone to take action on the things that they say they care about. Uh, and then they get to go out and practice, right? So that's there's right. one thing to get the training, and then there's another thing to go and put it in the real world. And then we always come back and say, great, what did you learn? Because there's always something to learn when we're talking Absolutely. to people on the doors. Uh, so if someone wanted to canvas with us, uh, they could go to, uh, there's a bit.ly, it's a B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-4-A canvas, and canvas has two S's at the end. Uh, and then the second uh, way is that on Thursday, August 11th, uh, we're going to have our first in a series of uh, every other week meetings called Durham Decides. And these Durham Decides meetings are a place for people to hear about how's the campaign going? How many voters are we talking to? What are the voters telling us on the doors? You know, that kind of stuff. But it's also a time for us to talk about what's at stake, which was one of the questions that you raised for, you know, me here in this interview. Uh, but perhaps more important to not get stuck in the what's at stake is what can we do about it? Absolutely. Right? And so we spend time every two weeks answering asking answering that question because it's not it's not a simple 
uh, answer. Um, right, right. And so, yeah, I think the so the if people want to come to our Durham Decides meeting, they are going to be virtual just because, you know, the this Omicron subvariant is is doing this right. Uh, but it's also a bit.ly. So it's uh, bit.ly forward slash Durham Decides. And, and for our listeners that are local, I will make sure I have that on my web page when I post um, the flyer for this. Um, at this point, you should have already seen it. Because we are doing, just to let you, our listeners know, I always pre-record. So we're having this conversation now. You hear the conversation later. So you will see this information already posted on my webpage, um, my Facebook page, and they'll be sent out to all the communities. So, yeah, you'll have that information handy. And also for the people that are listening, if you want this information directly, you can email me at ll and l podcasts that's s on the end at gmail.com and i will i can forward that information out to you and just in case you don't know what ll stands for is living life and love podcast that's what it's short for so once again that is ll and l podcasts at gmail.com and if you want to send me an email and say hey i need that bitly information or i want more information I will make sure I will get that to Whitney and, and all that good stuff. And, you know, we can get this thing moving further. Um, and for people in other communities, um, within the U.S., within North Carolina, outside the U.S., to me, this gives us some good groundwork to start thinking about, hey, this is how my organization, whether it's Vitiligo or any other organization, how we can get involved. How we can get out there and connect with the community because um, it can be done. It's not always easy. However, it can be done, you know, and um, and just like you said, Whitney, um, you have to come up with solutions. And then you might have to come up with more solutions after the solution because, you know, mm -hmm. things evolve all the time. So, you know, mm -hmm. after you solve some, one thing, it might be something else that you need to solve or you might have to revisit that same issue you just talked about. So. You know, it, it's never ending to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, when it, when it, we we do talk about wanting to organize ourselves out of a job. You know, don't I? I, I you know, I don't think that's going to be in my lifetime, certainly. Uh, but that that is, you know, the ultimate goal. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So as we get to the end of our podcast, first I would like to say thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Um, when I and I heard you speak at the event, I decided, I said, you know what? I want to have them on my podcast because I think this is great information for anyone that's listening, you know, um, not just the Vitiligo community, but anybody who's taking this in. And um, but I greatly appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'll so always much. you're welcome. You're welcome. I always ask my guests to leave our listeners with some words of encouragement, something positive. So if you don't mind, if you will leave them with something and then i'll wrap us up wrap things up yeah um yeah i'll i'll say uh something that's just kind of been motivating me just you know it just because it feels like you know one thing is happening after another in terms of body blows that were taken uh is that in order to win we don't need easy we just need possible and we have possible possible has been shown to us 
if you look at the civil rights era, if you look at the moves to end slavery, if you look at the women's rights movement, right? So, in those, and you know, those times weren't easy, but right, they have, and they were able to make possible to happen. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree with you. You know, anything is possible. You know, yeah, we're going to take some bumps and bruises along the way, but, you know, those things can heal. And, you know, sometimes we might get knocked down. We might even get knocked out. But guess what? Let's get back up and keep fighting because, you know, it's not over. Mm-hmm. And um, same thing with the Vitiligo community. You know, we just won one victory, but there are many more to fight, many more, you know, tears to cry. But doesn't mean it's over. We just keep on going. You know, we keep moving forward. You know, we're going to go before Congress again and, mm-hmm. and, and and go before these, you know, insurance companies and make sure it's covered and, you know, all the, all these things we have to do, you know, but we can't give up. Mm-hmm. So once okay. again, Whitney, I, I greatly appreciate you being here. It's a great conversation. And for our listeners, you know, I appreciate you being here and listening in. You you have been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. And, and the way I always end my show, I always say you have to love someone, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's your friend, whether it's your family member, your enemy, you know, your spouse. But most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself, I love you. You've been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Y'all take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Bit Friends Podcasts are sponsored by my Vitiligo team. 